I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, September 9, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket? Actually, there's a lot going on. We didn't have a weekend video. Why? Because we didn't need a weekend video because nothing changed. Look where the market closed on Friday, which is the candle before today. And then look where it closed on Thursday. So nothing happened and therefore nothing in the outlook had changed. And that was the reason. I got a bunch of emails. That's okay. That was the answer. So it's out there for everybody. If there is a material change on a Friday, I am more than happy to do a weekend video, a weekend update, whatever you want to call it. But when there is no material change, I basically take the day off. What do we have in front of us on the page? We have a market that still thinks 297.60, 297.50, somewhere in that neighborhood is important. What's going on here from a larger perspective? What's going on from the 30,000 foot view? There's a number of things that come to mind, so be careful. Put on your work boots. You're coming inside my head. Dangerous place to be. Caution sign. We got up to what I believed was supposed to be an important resistance area, what should have been overhead resistance for the market, 297.5. Somewhere in that neighborhood, we're still hanging around. Therefore, the market has not been rejected at that price zone. Therefore, in my mind, the destination is likely higher. Where's higher? Well, we're awfully close at this point to the big fat round number of 300. 3,000 on the ES, 300 in the SPY. We got as high as 299.24 today in the SPY. Is that important that we came up short Is it meaningful? Well, it does mean something, but let me take a detour for a second and let me show you what we were thinking inside the numbers. I think it's worth it to just glance down and see what inside the numbers members were seeing early this morning, 8 o'clock, 8.15, 8.30, and so on. We talk about the markets opening Sunday night. They provide an early indication of what we've been discussing. They're not finished yet. There was no gap down. There was no sell-off. That means the destination, at least as far as I'm concerned, is likely higher before they're done. We obviously want to note the ES is close to the big fat round number of 3,000. Will they get there today, come up short, or spike through? That was the $64,000 question early in the morning. The market was gapping higher at the open. The futures were trading higher. So therefore, the objective of the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew is to get as many bulls on board as possible, thinking they're heading right to the big fat round number of 3,000. Conversely, you have another bucket of traders waiting at 3,000, waiting with a bucket of shorts. They're going to make the bet that the market's not going to trade through 3,000 by a lot of points. So you have two things going on first thing in the morning. We just want to lay out what's going on. So I go on to say what we do know is the higher they get, the more bulls will get sucked into the market and the closer we will be to the turn. That's just the way it works. I'm also noting that I'm on the lookout. This is an important week and unlikely to be boring. Today might have been boring, but there's four more days left. 
So as usual, the first hour is important for the tone of the day. And the first 30 minutes will generally give us a beginning line in the sand one way or the other. Who's in control? The bulls or the bears? That's how I'm reading the market. You read a book, you read a street sign, you read a contract, I read the market. If they try and shake out the weak hands and drop the market out of the gate, where would they go? Where would be the support? Little grammatical faux pas in there. There will be a gap left open from Friday's close. Now realize I'm writing this before the opening bell. Therefore, I'm making the assumption early in the morning there's already going to be the gap left open because the market was already higher early in the morning. Could have worked out different. Sometimes it does, but this time it didn't. If it looks like a failure, that's the safe place for the bears to head first. It's also the place where the bulls would put up a fuss. So then what happens at 9.45, they're shaking out the longs. We already discussed that before the market opened, so I'm providing the update. It's commentary. I'm the market tour guide for Inside the Numbers members. We do have to note, though, IWM, transports, and financials all strong, which is an early tell. I'm already eyeballing that at 9.30 in the morning, 9.45 a.m. 10 o'clock, bulls are looking for a mid-morning pivot. As of the turn of the hour, they're working on the gap. Trading below the gap for an extended period of time will bring Thursday's low into view. By the way, there's a method to the madness. We're going to go right back to the charts, so stay with me on this. Just trying to get everyone ahead of the curve because we need to know both sides. Again, transports and financials still bullish and strong. IWM stalled out a little bit, but slightly ahead of the spider of note. The IWM picked up steam later, but at that point in time, it was not necessarily outperforming. The 1020 update, gap filled, headed north for the time being. Other leading indicators are still strong, so we want to get our feel for the market. I'm reminding us that they're still strong, so it is a tell of the market. Low of the day is the bogey for the bull bear fight. Heading in the southern direction and getting below the low of day would change the tune. 10.55, market is quiet, the volume was light at the time, the volume was light throughout the day. We're in the midst of a Monday float. Closing hourly above the high of day, which didn't happen, but I'm giving you the plan. That would be the indicator they're going to make the run for the big fat round number. Bogey for the bears is the low of the day. If something changes, we'll be back to update accordingly. 12.20, what's the next important zone to watch on the downside? ES 2975, 297.50, remember those. We do remember those, we just saw those on the chart. Now here's where it gets interesting and here's where the method to the madness is going to come together. Leading indicators are strong. It's a fake out one way or the other, no question. What that means is either the market leading indicators, my favorite market leading indicators, the IWM and the transports, and we'll include the financials, either they're faking everything out by leading to the upside and they're going to pull the rug out at some point in the future, whether it was going to be today or at some point tomorrow or into the future, that's a possibility, or the market, meaning the S&P, the Dow, the NASDAQ, are going to play catch-up, so one way or the other, those divergences will go away. 
1250 update. The important number found below held ES2972, SPY29720. That was in the important numbers section also on this page. So I'm giving a clue. For me right now, that's pretty telling if we stay above. It's bullish until it's not. This is, of course, on a short-term basis. New bogey of the day, low of day, 297.16. The rest of the updates were just updates that the market was not necessarily going lower, but obviously going higher. There was no real new information. The low of day held. So where are we? Everything to the right of the vertical line is today's activity. The first thing that happened, and we discussed it from inside the numbers, you'll remember, we filled the gap and they traded away from the gap. So that was actually a good trade for traders that took the trade. There were plenty. Then they failed and they came down and they settled in where? Well, around that 297.5, a little bit lower, but a little bit lower was also on the board for inside the numbers members. So we had that safety net just below the 297.5, 297.60 area. The market thinks this area is important. We traded around that area the majority of the afternoon until finally getting a little bit of a boost into the end of the day. But at the end of the day, did anything happen? And the answer is... Nothing happened. We're basically in the same place we were on Friday's close, give or take a margin of error or a tracking error. Now we take a look at the hourly chart. Now we want to see what kind of theme we have on the hourly chart. What's going on here? And I can see something obvious. Remember, what jumps out at me on the chart is generally the most important thing on the chart. Doesn't always work out that way. We can apply the 80-20 rule, that's fine. But for me, that's what I go with. That's what works for me. That's for me using common sense. So for me, the theme on this chart tends to be a lot of gaps of late. We have a gap up here. We have a gap down. We have another gap up. We have another gap up. And what will we get tomorrow? A gap down to fill a gap or a gap higher to go get the big fat round number of 3,000 or 300 in the SPY. Okay, here's a 120 minute chart. Let's look at it slightly differently. What do we have on this chart, which was also on the other chart, it's just cleaner here. This is essentially a bull flag pattern. So what happens in these patterns, as we know, because we talk about them all the time, we talk about either these or the ones that are flipped around the upside down way, which is a bear flag pattern, but these will generally play out in the northern direction. Now, the risk is that this can still fail and come down. You have a gap down here. They can trick, trap, fool, and frustrate traders, come halfway home, test the lows, go back up. All those things happen all the time. They just happened today. We came down and we made an attempt, or they made an attempt, to test the lows. They didn't quite get to the lows. They made a valiant attempt. They turned around and went in the other direction. So is this bull flag pattern intact? And the answer is, for me, yes, it is. Is there another side to the coin? Is this a two-headed coin? No, it's not. Here's the bear case on the SPY chart, not using the daily chart, but using something less than the daily chart. On the 240-minute chart, we do have a reversal candle. So the high of that reversal candle right here will certainly be important. Also happens to be the high of day, 299.24. We have to watch that. 
the way the market has an easier time achieving whatever objective it wants to achieve, we talk about this all the time also, is to gap above certain price zones that would be under normal garden variety conditions, overhead resistance, or it gaps down below certain areas that under normal garden variety conditions would be support. So in this case, is the market going to gap above today's high? It's certainly possible, but keep in mind, if it gaps down below the low right here, and I'll give you the number, the low is 296.64. Any gap below that low is positive for the bears, negative for the bulls. That will at least bring into discussion the gap down below. Whether they get there or not, different story. We'll cover that inside the numbers during the day if it does occur. But I'm just giving you the 30,000 foot view the day before. And I think that pretty much wraps up the SPY chart. That was quite a journey inside my head. I had a lot of information that I wanted to get out on the spider. And I think I got most of it on the table. Except one thing. Back to the intraday chart. I want to make mention of something because as these notes are populating throughout the day, obviously traders are making decisions on their own, but using the information that I see and that I'm willing to put forth. So they're using that information to affect their own trades. So here's an example of something that was likely to happen today several times over with many traders. Here's the important number that we discussed before, 29720. 29.72 in the ES contract. Now here's the low of the day. The low is 297.16. Now we're not going to hit it on the nose like that every time. That's not the point. The point is this. You have an important number and your bogey is 296.64 as mentioned earlier in the day. The trade was relatively close to risk. If the trade was going to lose, we knew where and we knew it would have been rather small and quick. You can't add painless in there because all losing trades are painful. Moving along to check out what's going on over in Camp IWM. So it's pretty interesting, right? We had a nice big healthy up day, up over 1%, $1.75 in the IWM. So we're right into the 50 period moving average. Didn't close above this high. This high here was 151.91 and the closing price today was exactly 151.91. Are there any accidents or coincidences in the market? Just one more time, the high was 151.91. So there are no accidents or coincidences. They could have closed it above that number. They could have closed it below that number. They closed it on that number. Why do they do that? That's the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. And the intention is really over the long term. But the intention is to make as many traders, as many investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. That's just what they do. Is that really ultra or uber important? No, it's not. What's the important number to us? 152.63. If you close above 162, if you close above 152.63 on a daily basis, that would be important. That would likely bring us right into this downsloping trend line that's proven important time and time again. Here's the weekly chart so you get a better view of that trend line. Where exactly it belongs to the penny doesn't really matter. It's from a conceptual standpoint. It's not me that's drawing in the trend line. It's the market that draws in the trend line 
We're just abiding by it. What's important to note, the puzzle piece that has to be on the table is the strength today in the IWM. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. If it's a bucket of shenanigans, so be it. But it is what it is today. My two favorite market leading indicators are telling us that higher prices are coming. What's the other one? How about down at the transportation department? What a tremendous day, up 207 points, over 2% in the transports. So where are they headed? It's obvious. If you've taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, you know exactly where they're headed. They may or may not get there, but what we do know is if they get there on the first run, depending on how they get there, it's unlikely that they just blow right through. Let's look at the flip side. We can't leave the bears out. What would be negative for the transports? Well, obviously giving it all back tomorrow would be extremely negative. Even closing back below the 100 period moving average, I would see as a very negative sign for the transports. What about the queues? What's going on in Silicon Valley? Why were the queues down today? Well, that's another topic. There were several stocks today that actually dragged down the queues. So we'll take a look at a few of them. In fact, we're going to take a look at a handful of stock charts so that we can get a visual on what the big money is doing as it relates to the stocks that everybody owns. In other words, where is the money flow? Are we going to make a big deal out of the queues being down 50 cents? No, we're not, especially not after you see some of the stocks and how much they were down today. What about the financials? Here we are blasting up above on a rocket ride above all the moving averages. So here we are, again, same as the transports. Anybody that's taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader knows exactly where they're headed. Whether or not they get there is one thing, but we know if they get there, we know what the likely result will be. Something we always mention as it relates to the financials. If the financials are melting away, it's a pretty good indication that the market's going to follow. If the financials are strong, then the flip side is true. It's unlikely that the market's going to fall apart. The market's likely to follow suit or the financials are being dragged up with the market one way or the other. Doesn't really matter what the reason is. We could assign the bond market the reason, higher yields, all that stuff. Doesn't matter, the financials were up, price is the absolute arbiter. The reason plays second fiddle. How about the SMH? This is the proxy for the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. Now this is interesting, really wasn't up all that much today, but it was up against the cues that were down. It's a bit of a divergence, it's not that much, there's not much we can do with it. It's kind of stuck in time, a little bit above where we were on Friday. We can't make anything out of that Anyway, where did it find overhead resistance? At the obvious place. But it wasn't today. It already happened the other day. So of note, the SMH is ahead of the other indices. Let's take a little bit of a detour. We'll throw the ball around the horn and we'll take a look at some stocks. I'm just going to go down my list and pick out a handful that were down today. And then we'll look at daily charts of other stocks. The Trade Desk, TTD. Doesn't matter what they do, who even knows or cares what they do. The stock was down 8%. It's a part of the tech community that was dragging tech down. That's all I want to show you. It's not a healthy chart. How about Shopify? 
Now, Shopify has been in a very, very strong uptrend, an impossible stock to short. I know there have been a lot of traders that over time have been trying to short Shopify. Look what happened to Shopify today, down $22. It's 5 or 6%, but $22 is a big number. It's a big stock. It's a $300, $400 stock. But this was also part and parcel to what was dragging the tech index down. Money is rotating away from these stocks. Why? Doesn't matter why. Roku, another fan favorite. Look at that candle. That's a bona fide reversal candle. There's a gap down below. Whether or not they find support at the gap, we'll see. But this is certainly a reversal candle. It's in an uptrend. So there's a lot of white space here for Roku to come down and still remain in an uptrend. But this is a reversal day on the daily chart. On the weekly chart, whether or not it works out to be a reversal, we won't know until the end of the week. We just can take it one day at a time. How's Apple feeling lately? The first thing that jumps out at me on the daily chart of Apple is this here. This is essentially a bear wedge. Until and unless you can close above this high here, this is essentially an active pattern for the bears. It's almost like you can say Apple is climbing the wall of worry. Now, it's above all the moving averages, but this is a reversal. So until and unless you can get above that reversal, which came with a lot of volume, 69 million shares against an average 90-day volume of 27 million shares. Now, that goes up and down slightly as the average changes, but not that much. That was a big day. That's a reversal. And if the market closes above that, it's extremely bullish. If Apple closes above that, can it do it? We'll see. I would bet against it. How about Facebook? Are we anywhere near the highs in Facebook? We're not that far away, but we're not that close either. Same routine as Apple. This is a reversal, and until and unless you can close above that, which not be an easy task, then what I see when I bring up the Facebook chart is I see one of these deals brewing. So this will generally do that in the end. Now, it could certainly work higher, but getting above here is not going to be an easy thing for Facebook to do or an easy thing for the bulls to do. How's Netflix doing? Not so good. Money has been rotating away from these stocks. That's the point that I'm making. This is how it happens. They sneak up on you. The indexes go sideways, they go higher, they go back and forth, and money rotates away from the stocks, and then they pull the rug out. How's Google look? Well, doesn't look terrible, but I still see this. I can't help but see that. It's inevitable. Until and unless we close above there, I'm going to always see this. The flip side, or the bull case, we're above all the moving averages, and there's certainly room to move higher in Google. Pardon me, I have to make a correction. Alphabet. Keeping the bull moving around the horn, here's a little short hop, we'll cover the TLT, which is the proxy for the bond market, being the long bond. So what just happened today? We closed below the low of a breakup candle. So normally, that's going to bring lower prices into view sooner than later. If bond prices are coming down and yields are going up, is that an indication that some fear is coming out and stock prices can move up? This is all in the short term. This is not weeks or months. This is just what I see today for the next several days, let's say. Maybe one day. What else do we have on the TLT chart? We have a gap down here. 
That's going to be important. And then below that, we have the 50-period moving average, another gap down here. But one step at a time, there's a lot of air in the TLT or bond balloon. Doesn't mean the rally in bonds is over. Doesn't mean lower interest rates aren't ahead. We're just looking at what's on the screen today. And today, it's normal garden variety market behavior. To And today, it's garden variety market behavior for some of the air to come out of this balloon. The media has been absolutely hammering the bond market at interest rates for a long, long time. They're playing ring around the rosy with the Fed. And just when everybody thinks the Fed's going to lower interest rates to negative five, all of a sudden, bond prices begin coming down. This works just like everything else. And on that note, folks, I will give it a wrap here, pull the ripcord, and tell everybody that I appreciate each and every one of you. Without you, these videos are not possible. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is Common Sense Market Analysis.